Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we'll talk about one of the video games that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses, and reminisce about it. Then, replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be copying time travel powers and talking about Kirby Superstar for the Super Nintendo. I'm Katie. I'm Chris. We just grabbed a Max Tomato, so press start and let's talk games. So we're on to episode number 22. The world is starting to open up again, so we can actually make plans for the future. So we have a big plan coming up for the podcast. That is right. We are getting very close to my birthday once again. And we have decided since the West Coast half will actually be on the East Coast right around that time that we would take kind of a hint from one of our Twitch friends and try a 24-hour stream for my birthday. 24-hour birthday stream. Woo! Yay! Hopefully it won't be a disaster. There will be way more of us. Then again, though, similar to your birthday last year, I would love to see the notes that you start taking at 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God. That, that's going <laughs> to happen. So it will be fun. Yep, it'll it'll be fun. The plan right now is to start at 8.30 on Wednesday, June 9th. So that'll be the day before my birthday. And we will go into my birthday. I think we've got some plans on what we're going to play. We yeah. might try to get Katie to play through Halo Co-op from start to finish. So that'll be fun. With the two of us, which means it's With fun because Chris us. gets to laugh at me. And it's fun for me because I get to drive him up the walls. Yep. And it's fun for me because I get to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Any input that you all have, like a game you'd want us to play or anything like that, we'd love to hear from you. So let us know. Yeah, it could be past games that we've played or, you know, games for the future. We got 24 hours, so we've got plenty of time. So look forward to that. Again, we'll probably talk about it on the next couple of episodes. Definitely on the stream, we're going to be mentioning it. But June 9th to June 10th, we're going to be doing a 24-hour stream. It will be an adventure, which is a great segue into our video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! Honk. <laughs> so, Chris, what is our video game trope of the day? Our trope of the day is artificial stupidity. Woo! So what can you tell us about artificial stupidity? So this is when a computer character in a game uh, is just extremely not taking the right moves, always doing dumb things, always not helpful. While this can absolutely apply to both enemy and ally AI, we are kind of going to be focusing in on our ally AI because I find them to be way more frustrating than dumb uh, dumb enemies. Yeah. Dumb enemies are fine. Dumb allies are just painful. Yeah. Dumb allies can be game-breaking yeah. as opposed to dumb enemies, which just make the game silly. Yeah. And so... We kind of talked a little bit about this when we talked about escort missions because so many of those AI are dumb. Yeah. So dumb. 
Thank you, Natalia. <laughs> Don't you mean Natasha? No, I got yeah, it. I was going to say, you called her the right name. I, I thought I literally had to think about it real hard before I said it. That only took 15 episodes. <laughs> But other examples are, of course, applying to our game of the episode and Kirby Superstar. You can play two-player, and you really should play two-player because the computer AI is so unhelpful so much of the game. It's not very smart. I will say that. And you need him is the thing. Like It really is yeah. tough to play the game by yourself as a solo player, so you need a secondary character playing along with you, and the AI is just so unhelpful. Like, yeah. there's the exploding thing where it's like, oh, if they lose enough health, they can become a little bomb. And the number of the times the AI is like, I'm not going to stand near any enemy at all and explode is innumerable. It likes walking onto lava. It That's always like fun, too. If there's any lava, it'll just walk straight into the lava and kill itself. Ah, uh, so that's what started this. But again, this is relatively common in video games unfortunately i think one of the other fun examples is of course tails in sonic mm -hmm. if you're not controlling him he dies a lot he just falls yeah. he just dies now he can come back all the time which is more helpful in yeah. certain cases but still very frustrating you see it in daikatana i think that's a very famous example as well because that was supposed to be a game that was like oh we've got this brilliant ai and you've got these partners that are going to help you so much and it just wasn't done well at all. There's the famous video of, like, your two AI partners that you need to finish the level. Like, they need to walk out with you. They were, like, stuck somewhere halfway through the level, even if everything was clear, just, like, chasing each other in a circle. Oh, God. Go, go look that, that up on, on YouTube, because it's a great video. I forgot about that. This has come up recently. Again, if you're following our Twitch stream... In Halo, the stupid soldiers that you're trying to help out just would not get in the Warthog. Get in the Warthog. Why can't you get in the car? I, I feel like they fixed that a little bit in the in the later versions of Halo where, like, the computer would yeah. actually drive. And sometimes they would drive well. You say that, and I was reading about it, and it's like the number of times that your AI will drive you off a cliff is not mm -hmm. none. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> Skyrim, we talked about it a little bit on the Skyrim yeah. Addicts podcast that your companion will your sometimes companion. just Leroy Jenkins it straight into a fight. <laughs> Half-Life 2, towards the end, when, uh, when you get squads, they'll just literally stand in your way. Yeah. Like, they'll block a door, all four of them. And then, like, you're literally trying to push through them, and the whole time they're going, Oh, excuse me, Dr. Freeman. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Here's a med kit. <laughs> Don't apologize. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Yeah, and I think the big thing about this is the AI partners, their artificial intelligence are supposed to be smart. They're supposed to be helpful and intuitive to what you're doing. And this is the opposite of that. Now, sometimes you do have allies who actually can be really helpful. I think a recent example is in Jack 2 when you have Sig running around with you. He kills a lot of metalheads for you, and that's actually right. really nice. Like, he doesn't die on purpose he dies when you're not paying attention and that's actually really convenient it's funny enough yeah when when they actually do their job and a lot of times you you wonder if it's developers run out of time or just don't know what they're doing because again it's not as you said it's not trivial to make a good pathfinding algorithm or you know make a computer be helpful in the way that it needs to be rather than just running around and shooting everything willy-nilly 
So, uh, you know, but at that point, why did you put them there? Like, when they're more of a of those, detriment this than like a, a good idea. Yeah. It's something that I think, unfortunately, we will be continuing to encounter as we move forward in our gaming <laughs> lives. It's just an ongoing thing. This isn't an old game thing. This isn't a new game thing. This has existed forever and probably will continue to exist forever. They might get mm -hmm. smarter, but then they're going to do other dumb things in the process. So artificial stupidity is here to stay. Huzzah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it's our video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! So let's talk about our game of the episode. Katie, what can you tell us about Kirby Superstar for the Super Nintendo? So Kirby Superstar, eight games in one, was the uh, <laughs> subtitle. <laughs> uh, also known as Kirby's Fun Park in the PAL region. <laughs> uh, was released in 1996, published by Nintendo with HAL Laboratories developing the game. I want to say this is like the last game that they put out before they released the 64. I think I saw that somewhere. That is does that, quite possible. Does that timing I, line up? The Nintendo 64 was released, oh, in Japan in June of 1996 and September of 1996 in the U.S. And this mm. game came out in March of 96 and September of 96. So yeah, actually, this was probably one of the very last games to come out on the Super Nintendo. Nine days before the N64, <laughs> which is crazy. Which goes into one of our fun facts on the other end of things, which is kind of crazy. This game was always meant to be on the Super Nintendo. It was developed for the Super Nintendo. However, the initial development of the game was on an NES. Wow. So the unreleased wow. Yeah. So the unreleased prototype was used for internal purposes only as a way of finalizing the ideas, and it was all done on NES sprites. For certain abilities, even though the game was always intended to be for the SNES, they just, for whatever reason, developed it on the NES instead. And so it actually got later released, which is kind of hilarious. That's interesting. I wonder if they made any any changes once they moved it over, now that they have this new hardware. Supposedly, the sprites shown look nearly identical to their counterparts in the finished product. Huh. The director... I'm trying to uh, picture that. Yeah, the director says that the development style is beneficial to him as the starting step of finalizing all of the game ideas via an internal prototype makes the rest of development significantly easier. So, that's kind of interesting. It is the last game on the SNES, but was developed originally on an NES. It's just kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Nintendo likes doing that. I feel like there's been m multiple Nintendo games where, where it kind of got pushed all over the place like it was supposed to be for the Super Nintendo and ended up being on the 64, stuff like that. Another fun fact, as I said, the uh, subtitle of this game was Eight Games in One, which it is a bunch of mini games. But interestingly, there are actually nine different game modes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret mode. They, the arena is basically the unmentioned ninth game because they don't consider it a full game, especially because it wasn't in the manual. The arena mode was not mentioned in the manual. Manual. Manual? Interesting. Manuel. In the Manuel. Manuel. While powers are definitely going to be discussed later, uh, there were a bunch of other Kirby powders. Powders? There were a bunch of <laughs> other Kirby powers that didn't make it into the game that you can see from the concept artwork, including a feudal lord. Satellite, Summon, Grenade, Rush, and Mantle. So there were a bunch of other things that they thought of that didn't make their way into the game, which is kind of hilarious. 
Yeah, Feudal Lord could have been fun. I'm assuming that's kind of like samurai-esque. Yeah, that would have been really interesting. I'm assuming Grenade was probably too close to... To, to bomb? To bomb. Maybe it was like a time delay. Or you are the Grenade. Oh, maybe. Kirby's creator, though, said his favorite copy ability is Beam. Which is like one of the first ones that you could get uh -huh. in the entire game. It's yeah. his favorite, uh, but he does actually really enjoy Fighter and Suplex in Kirby Superstar, so... That's fair. I'm pretty sure the person that I played this with the most played Suplex all the time. <laughs> like, that was his go-to. So a lot of the music tracks in this game have ended up being remixed and used again in other games. So, like, the new Kirby Superstar, Superstar Ultra, obviously, uh, Smash Brothers used it a bunch. You, you could find a lot of the themes just kind of sprinkled everywhere because... Like, not as necessarily iconic as Mario or something like that. I feel like a lot of the original themes are, are incredibly memorable. Yeah. And it might be because they use them again everywhere. Exactly. It might have been that they felt like they didn't get enough credit in Superstar, so they put it elsewhere. <laughs> this game also, it, it is very heavily Nintendo-themed in the sense that there are so many cameos by, like, Mario shows up at a various points, and you see other mm -hmm. Nintendo characters. There's allusions to the fact that one of your abilities, the sword ability, if you have full health, it will shoot a sword, like, beam, similar to the mm -hmm. way... Link can shoot a sword beam when he has full health, and you are right. in fact wearing a green cap with what looks yeah. like elf ears <laughs> when you're doing this, so it blatantly feels like an allusion to Zelda. There's little Easter eggs everywhere in the Great Cave Offensive, yeah. just like with all the little treasures you find. It, it, it's kind of a fun little homage and, and a love story to Nintendo in that sense of these little bits and pieces of Nintendo lore and history all over the game. And this is, what, the third Kirby game, I think? It is like eighth. What? Kirby's Dream Land, Kirby's Adventure, Kirby's Pinball Land, Kirby's Dream Course, Kirby's Avalanche, Kirby's Dream Land 2, Kirby's Block Ball, and then Kirby Superstar. Really? I didn't realize that Dream Course... A lot of them came out on the Game Boy. A majority That's of the fair. Kirby games came out on the Game Boy early on, yeah. and so it's probably why if you didn't see them, and they might have been, maybe they're just japan only possibly that i don't know mm. but yeah so there's actually been quite a piece yeah Jer kirby's dream course is from 1994 i love that game by the way i remember they had that that was one of the games they had on the flight to malaysia ah yes so i i played the heck out of that game for like you know the 20 hours we were on that plane <laughs> but yeah kirby is an icon of nintendo obviously but there's a lot of love for other nintendo products but yeah a lot this is the third kirby game i think on the snes okay maybe that's what i'm thinking of i mean you see kirby all over the place again as almost as much as mario one of my favorite web comics that i read for a long time was called brawl in the family and it was essentially kirby in smash brothers but it went through a lot of kirby like all of his background but I mean, I think, again, that proves that this was a popular game, unsurprisingly. Mm -hmm. Aggregate score on game ranking was 86%. Um, so really solid game. One of the reviews of Electronic Gaming Monthly said they loved the a large amount of content, uh, simultaneous two-player mode, graphics, mm -hmm. and Kirby's absorbing powers, of course. Yes. My favorite thing about their review and why I included it is they gave it an 8.625 out of 10. Eighths, man. What do you need eighths for? So what I'm guessing is the way it works is they have four different reviewers and then they average the score. Uh, that's a decent point. 
What's, um, it's not Occam's razor, it's the other one. Never attribute to malice what could be attributed to stupidity. Hanlon's razor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very well-loved game. It came out again on the Wii Virtual Console. It came out, as Chris alluded to, on Kirby Superstar Ultra, which was for the DS, which was a remake that they added some game modes to. People mm-hmm. loved this game. It came out again. And there's a lot of different elements to it with all the different mini games and different pieces to it. So there's a lot to play and a lot to discuss, which makes me think we should go to the past and talk about it. That sounds like a great idea. So let's play that Chiacarina of Time and get sucked into the past. I was just going to make the Kirby noise. Hi! 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 Let's go to the past and talk about Kirby. Bye! Bye! (laughs) (laughs) so that too means we are back in the past before we've played through this game again try to get our opinions uh based on our memories without any sort of recency bias anything like that so katie what do you remember about Kirby's Superstar. Kirby's All-Star. No, what is the name of this star. game? It's Superstar. You had it right. I was right! Good, we could fix that in post. Or leave it in and make me look stupid. I'm yeah. okay with either. Why not both? <laughs> there were quite a few different game modes. I remember it wasn't like there was just one game you played in this. There were there were at least like four or five different game modes, I want to say. At, yeah, I, I think there was, they, like you started with that. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, like, right off the bat. And they were yeah. all, like, side-scrollers, 2D side-scrollers, because of, you know, the generation Because it was gaming. on Super Nintendo, yeah. But each one of them, I remember, feel... feel Each one of them felt really distinct. And they yeah. felt different when you're playing through them, which is actually really cool, is it felt like you had a bunch of different games in one game. I do remember that much. We only, again, we with the SNES, we only played it at, like, friends' houses and at the babysitters. So this wasn't something we played all the time. But it was kind of cool. I remember going back to this game over and over again and playing different modes, and it felt like I was playing a different game every time almost. I, I definitely played this a ton up at the neighbor's house, the same neighbor where I played Super Mario RPG. Yeah. And again, this was nice because it had co-op, yes. so you could play, you know, I, that meant I actually got a chance to play a lot of times. Yeah, and I want to so. say, though, this was more of the closer to the Sonic-type co-op where you're a sidekick more than a true co-op partner. Like Absolutely. That, yeah. yeah. You could die and all that, but you weren't, like, the but other... But if you it died, you would, you would come back. Right. Like, it the wasn't way that... two-player. It was a main character and a sidekick. Right. Because, like, you could, Kirby could, you know, take whatever he inhaled and turned into and create the sidekick as that person. Yeah. And this is my first, I think, Kirby game. I don't think I encountered Kirby before this. I know this was one of his very earliest games. I'm not sure if it's his very first, but I know it's my first encounter with Kirby. There was a Game Boy one, I'm pretty sure. Okay. There's definitely Kirby on Game Boy. But, yeah, this is probably the first that I played as well. Yeah, I don't think I played it all that much, all things considered, but I do remember playing it and having a lot of fun. Again, the concept of Kirby, of being able to absorb your enemy's powers was amazing. This reminded me a lot. I remember the abil- Kirby's ability to fly reminded me a lot of the feather in Super Mario World, of the way you floated, of like, boop, boop, boop. Like, oh, yeah, like, 
It's he not like consistent. His tiny little arms yeah, as he's you, fat. you kind of swoop almost, and that reminded me a lot of Super Mario World. That same style of like how you keep yourself elevated and floating and flying and stuff. Kirby's just a fun, colorful character, so I just remember that standing out. But I don't remember a ton about like the actual like what you actually did in each game mode necessarily. Yeah. Well, he's a fun, silly character. Like yeah, I I remember definitely remember all of the different. Not all, obviously, but the the power ups mm-hmm. that you could get. Like there was there was easy ones like sword or wizard, where you know obviously you had a sword or could shoot magic or fire. But then there was weird ones like speed, where you could like turn into a tire and go really quickly. And like yo yo, and I think suplex was the one that our neighbor used all the time, <laughs> where you could you know. You, you were literally suplexing people, and, yeah. like, the character was, like, a stag beetle, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I do remember with the co-op, that reminds me with the co-op, you only had the power he used to create you. Yes, you could not change so unless So you couldn't change Kirby powers the way yeah. Kirby did. Kirby could change, but it was, like, whatever he used to create you, you were stuck with that the whole time, which is fine. But it also, yeah. also meant that whoever was playing the lead, because I'm with you, I often was the co-op the helper yeah of being like no i'm stuck in this mode against witch it i don't want to be this one why am i this dumb tire that can apparently fly (laughs) i remember when you got health and you like you could share health like if you got a max tomato it literally looked like you were like making out with the partner were they tomatoes yes they were definitely tomatoes what did you think they were i don't know some fruit of some sort like kirby or yoshi's fruit Yoshi has I mean, those, like, apple things. I'm fairly certain it was a tomato. You might be right. I don't remember. I'm just envisioning <laughs> the Yoshi that's, fruit, that's, and that's I might fair. think that's There the was same. random food, but the max the max tomato was the big one. It was, you know, the, the that's funny. red thing with a big M on it. But like, Oh, yeah, could... yeah. I just don't think I knew it was yeah. a tomato. I think I'm, it might have been an apple in my head, because who eats tomatoes? <laughs> that's fair. Not me. <laughs> But yeah, if you wanted to like give your partner health, you could get it, and then like Kirby would like turn around and look like he was making out <laughs> with the helper, and like the other person's health would go up. Which, to be fair, as it was a like, kid, are you probably... just vomiting food into the other person's yeah, mouth, baby bird style? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a great noise. I don't know what you're talking about. It actually made a really cool sound wave. So. I remember the music being pretty fun and upbeat. Oh, yeah. Obviously, because, again, it's a very silly character. Oh, yeah. It was so upbeat and light and poppy. Not pop as in pop music, but poppy as in just, like, just bouncing along kind of music. You know, (laughs) happy-go-lucky. Because Kirby is happy-go-lucky. I mean, it's deeply disturbing that he eats his enemies and accumulates their powers, but overall is happy-go-lucky. It's harder for me when we didn't have this system, so it was really just playing at other pl- people's places. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't necessarily the most popular game at other people's places, but I do remember playing it and having a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, I definitely bought it for the DS when it came out, because I, I remembered having a lot of fun. It's like, oh, sweet. I can go back and play this again. This was before I had the, the mini, obviously. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what you want out of a game, is something you're like, oh, I want to play this again. And you could play it for a little bit, and, and it'll be good, or you could, you know, play it for a couple hours. Well, and that was the really great thing about the different game modes, was being able to jump in really easily and jump out yeah. really easily and not stress about it. And you weren't worried about, well, did I miss stuff, or how do I play this? Because they were all very simple game modes, all things considered. 
They yeah. weren't complicated. They weren't difficult. They were simple and straightforward, and that's great. So with all that said, Chris, and for the memories we do have, what is your rose-tinted score for Kirby Superstar? My rose-tinted score for this game is going to be an 8.5. I definitely remember playing it a ton and enjoying it, uh, all the different modes, being able to have that, you know, different game mode and with all the different power-ups you could play it differently every single time so i i i enjoyed it a lot and i thought it was a fun game to to sit around and play with friends and it wasn't like a a party game so it was like if you wanted to sit down and game it was a good game for that what about you what is your rose tinted score i'm gonna get it an eight out of ten i really did like it when we played it it's a great party game but more it's a great game that you could just go to a friend's house and play with just two of you and still have a ton of fun with the co-op mode and all the different types of modes and like you said there was a lot of replayability because of that of the different types of modes and the different power-ups and the different ways to play it was just a lot of fun so i have to give an eight out of ten so you've played it a little bit more recently than i have on different to be fair devices but what do you think your predicted score is going to be I honestly think it's going to be right around an eight and a half again because of that variety and the difference of gameplay to be able to appreciate, you know, being able to combine that all into one game. Even if it's short little pieces, there is that complexity there and the different, all of the different power-ups, as I was saying with, with the row score. I, I think that's all there. I, I'm going to go with an eight and a half again because I, I think it'll still be fun on a replay. Holding the line. What about you? Yeah. I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of 10, just because I think there will be still elements that could have been improved, that platforming has evolved so much since this game has come out. And even Kirby itself and all the different Kirby games that are out there have evolved a lot since this game came out. So mm-hmm. it just in my head, I can't... Have, have they though? Uh, the aesthetics have a little bit. Well, yeah. No, I mean, and that's maybe that's it. Maybe I'm wrong. I just, it's hard for me to say it's going to live up exactly where I expect it. For me, I guess the reason I say this is because I feel like this is a very rose-tinted section for me. I have very hazy memories of this game. I don't mm-hmm. have definitive memories necessarily. And because of that, I don't know how much I'm conflating with later Kirby games or different that's games. Fair. Or just the feel of going into a friend's house and playing. So... I, I just have to drop it at least a little. But from what I remember, I just had a ton of fun. And because maybe because it was so simple, part of me thinks that it will live up to that because it's still going to be just that simple. And that's okay. And that's what was enjoyable about it, you know? Yeah. So we have our rose-tinted scores of an 8 for me and an 8.5 out of 10 for Chris. And then predicted scores. Chris keeping that 8.5 for his predicted score, whereas I'm dropping it slightly to a 7.5. Probably some of our strongest predicted scores overall. (laughs) So let's find out how right or wrong we were. Let's play that Chi Ocarina of Time and go back to the president and talk about the game after we've had a chance to play it again. So let's do it. Sounds good. I have no idea Kirby sound effect. Hi! <laughs> that's true. That's that's all I can think of Smash Brothers. Hi! So with that, we are back from the past, back in the present, to talk about our actual playthrough of Kirby Superstar. So Chris, let's go over some of the basics of the game first before we talk about our opinions. Yeah, so there are eight or nine 
basic games that are built into this game. The first one being Spring Breeze. It's a very small uh, side-scroller, kind of similar to Dreamland, a lot of the uh, original Kirby games. You've also got Dynablade, which is also kind of a side-scroller where you're you're fighting a big bird, ultimately. That's big got more bird. of a... Big old bird. Big old mechanical bird? Uh, no, because she has Maybe. babies. She has babies. Oh, I just assumed that she had stolen those babies from somewhere else, no, which no, is why... It's her, it's her babies and you feed them, which is why she comes back later in Revenge of the Meta Knight to help you. Yes. Dynablade kind of changed up a little bit because at least in levels you could go, it was kind of a Mario 3 yes. map type thing in between levels. And there were like a couple secret areas that you could go to. Which I couldn't find. Right. <laughs> Gourmet Race was the next one, which I literally did not realize it was Gourmet Race until, like, now. For some reason in my brain, I was calling it Gromit Race for absolutely no reason that made no sense whatsoever. Because <laughs> like the point is, Gromit, you're Gromit. eating food. Yeah, it's a Gourmet was, Race. It's a food I race. Don't, I don't know. I, I have no good explanation why I called it Gromit Race in my brain. I don't think I ever said it out loud. You said it out loud, and that's how I corrected you. I was going to say, there's no way that Lisa would have known that. You said grommet race, and I said, that says gourmet. (laughs) Words have meaning. But the point of gourmet race is you're racing (laughs) King DD. DDD. King DDD to the finish line, and you're trying to eat the most food before you get to the finish line. Very Pac-Man-esque. Yeah, that is, there's three races kind of split up, or you could do the Grand Prix, which is all of them together. Grand Prix. Grand Prix. The next game is the Great Cave Offensive, which is definitely a departure instead of a side-scroller or anything like that. I mean, it's still a side-scroller, but it definitely kind of turns into a Metroidvania-style game. Yes. Where you're supposed to find... saves in there. There are saves in there, like save spots specifically. You have to go search for treasure i want to say there's like 40 some treasure yeah, there's quite a few there is quite a bit and bosses along the way the next one is revenge of meta knight which is a another i'm gonna stop saying side scroller because that's they're what the game is they're yeah. all side scrollers it's the same mechanics so that's fighting meta knight aboard his Battleship. airship that you get to eventually that destroyed. one really ramped up the difficulty, I would say. It got I mean, really and all of hard. these do have um, star ratings for difficulty, so they're you know you do kind of know going in. Yeah, and, and there were a lot more bosses in that particular one, and the saves yeah. weren't as there wasn't a save save. There was only like kind of mid level save points yeah. kind of thing. So it, that was a bit longer. And there was more of plot in that one because you kept talk like you kept hearing from right. Meta Knight and all of his minions being like, "Kirby's on board. What do we do, sir?" So once you beat all five of those, you unlock Milky Way Wishes, where the sun and moon are fighting, and it's up to Kirby to awake Nova to stop the fight. This one was tough because, obviously, again, you had to finish all of the previous stuff to get there. I unlocked it at, like, midnight two nights ago, (laughs) so I did not get a ton of time to play that one. Which is unfortunate because I was looking through the notes and it's like, it's the biggest one! I was like, oh, man! So we're, we're, that might appear again on stream in the future, because I haven't gotten that far either, and I want to, but it's, I'm bad. Shocking everyone, I'm bad, (laughs) so it's gonna take me some time. If you beat all of those, you unlock the arena, which is just pretty much all of the boss fights. And and a couple extra... 
And that one, I feel like, is the one that I played with neighbors the most often. Yeah, for sure. But obviously, we did not get to that in this playthrough because we did not beat everything. Because we're bad. So, and that, the arena is the one that is the ninth game that they don't mention. But there are also sub-games that are mentioned, uh, yes. which are Megaton Punch, which is Kirby will face off with an enemy in a contest to deal the biggest cracks into Planet Popstar. And it's a timing-based game. It's time With, like, various power levels, and, and it's it's more of a mini-game than a... Yeah, I think that's where they define them game, as yeah. sub-games. Sub um, and there's Samurai Kirby. A player has to take on five opponents in a Samurai Showdown. And another timing game. So these are timing games Which is a yeah, Twitch to... timing as opposed to uh, power level filling timing. Yeah, and, and the thing, yeah, the other games were more side-scroller that you had the same mechanics. And that was kind of the fun thing about all these games is you have the same mechanics across the board. You can absorb powers. The powers are the same across the board. You have your co-op partner and or a computer partner mm -hmm. that you really, as we said, do need to use. Yeah. You can't, it's very hard to do this by yourself because there are certain like timing ones, especially in the treasure hunting one, I was finding there were switches that you had yeah. to set off. And if you didn't have a second person helping you with those switches, you, you weren't going to make it. Yeah, because the computer wasn't smart enough to help you with that. No, the computer. And then a couple, the, the other problem is your co-op partner will automatically come to you if they're too far away for too long. And so sometimes you yes. leave them on purpose and then they jump to you and you're like no i wanted you to stay where you were <laughs> well it's it's interesting because as you said they've got all of these mechanics in all of the games but they don't uh explain them to you in any sort of tutorial in game it's it's probably in the guide i it is in the guide well some but... of it was because at the beginning of each of the mini games it was like is this your first time playing really right. okay and they would explain like one aspect of the mechanics yeah so, like, they didn't tell you the copy mechanic until, like, the third game or something like that. Yeah, which is funny because the copy mechanic obviously is the... Was there all... Like, well, that's... Yeah. it's also the most crucial mechanic of any Kirby game, essentially. Right. So, so explain that real quick, just in case you have no idea if you were a Sega you, kid and... You have no idea about Kirby's magical powers. He has two main powers. One being that he can poof himself up into a ball and float and fly. Two is that he can suck in any certain enemies, not every enemy it works on, but on certain enemies when he sucks them into his mouth, you can hit a button and you copies their powers and he basically can steal their powers. So in this particular game, there are certain enemies, as we were talking about in the intro of the powers that didn't end up in the game, the powers that did end mm -hmm. up were sword, yo-yo, cutter, beam... Plasma, fire. I think there was probably close to like two dozen of them. There were I a say. lot like, of there was, there was quite a lot. Which again, it's it's a really interesting way because it a variety of gameplay. You could find one that you yeah. really like that you could use a, throughout as much as possible whenever you could find it. And that's how also you created your co-op partner is you had to have a mm -hmm. power and then you hit A in the case of this game and they would pop off and steal that power and basically create a second entity for the co-op partner or computer partner. And that's where you got to learn all of their fun names, like Cutter. Yeah. His name was like like Cutter Joe or Knuckle, not Knuckle Joe. Knuckle Joe was the fighter, obviously. Fun names. Yeah, there was definitely a handful that were were your go tos. Like I felt like I used Bomb all the time, where you could just chuck bombs everywhere. Yeah, it was Bomb great against bosses. was really really common for me. Mm -hmm. Cutter was a really good one. I thought Yo Yo was pretty handy because you could. 
just throw the yo-yo through walls, essentially, and yeah. you could do it in all four directions, which was handy. Yeah. So here are some of the names. There are, oh, God, there are so many powers. Um, here are the names that I have <laughs> listed. Uh, copy abilities, there's one, two, 25. There are 25 powers. Oh, I was close when I said two dozen, then. There are a couple that are, like, slightly temporary in the sense of, like, what you They're, like, one-use ones. They're, like, one-use yeah. ones. But there are 25 different copy abilities, 12 of which are returning from Kirby's Adventure, while the remaining 13 were introduced in this game. <laughs> which is pretty impressive. So the helpers yeah. have names like Biospark, Birdion, Blade Knight, Bonkers, Bugsy, Burning Leo, <laughs> Capsule J, Chili, Grim, Knuckle Joe, Parasol Waddle D. <laughs> Waddle D or Waddle Do, I'm sorry, Waddle Do. Wheelie. Which was Beam, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, yeah Waddle most Do of those are fairly self explanatory on what they are. Wheelie was a wheel. Yeah. Rocky was when you turn into a rock. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Kibble? Sir Kibble was sword. With the I cutter think, ability, right? apparently. Oh, Sir Kibble was the cutter. Okay. Okay. Sir Kibble. I don't think I ever noticed his name was Sir Kibble. <laughs> yeah, so you have all these kind of really fun powers, and your helpers can adapt those powers. And that that was a huge part of the game. It's playing through certain areas. You needed certain types of powers, or a there was like selection of powers that were more needed in certain areas than others, depending on what you were trying to do. And having that helper also kind of helped you... It gave you a chance to carry around a, a, a separate one because you could always absorb your helper back and change back into that. Or you could like take your current power and throw it at your helper and change them into that if you I wanted to. I did that by one. accident too many times and that made me I, I kept giving <laughs> the power I wanted to my helper and I was like, No <laughs> Now I have to reabsorb you. Well, I couldn't because I needed a helper so badly that I was like, No, right. now you get the fun one. Dang it. By the way, I noticed the jet power. Which is, it, you know, can make you go fast or yeah. hover a little bit. If you throw that, because sometimes it's like a hat or a yeah. wand. If you throw the jet, it's a little airplane. I mean, that's And I was like, that's fun. And of course I thought it was fun. Of course you did. I was like, of course that's something you noticed. <laughs> <laughs> this was changed in Milky Way Wishes. Oh. So it was totally different. Instead of copy, you had to find that power up. So like in the world, in the other games, you could either absorb someone or sometimes there was like uh, that ability just kind of floating and you could grab it to change into it. You wouldn't have to absorb anyone and that would come back. So if like you wanted to change into it again later, you could come back. Interesting. So, so that's in the Milky one, like, Way Wishes, you had to find that. And then once you got it, you had it forever. So you could switch to that at any time. Interesting. So that's the one game yeah. that had a significantly different mechanic then to those yeah. powers. And it it a, was a really, really cool change-up of that mechanic. Huh. That's really funny, again, considering that was the biggest game in this one as yeah. well, uh, with the main quote-unquote villain that isn't King DDD, obviously, also came right. in Milky Way Wishes. I love DDD as a villain, by the way, because oh. he's just a big penguin wearing a beanie and a cloak with a giant hammer. I mean, and that's the thing with Kirby in general, is everyone, enemies and allies alike, are so cute. They're yeah. just so cute and adorable. <laughs> like, Meta Knight is supposed to be this badass, and he's just adorable. He's a little ball with... He's a with little ball with a sword. A, a hockey mask and a cape. <laughs> I'm disrespecting his power, but he's so cute. And I love the... What is it? The flowers that you see every once in a while, and you yeah. hit them, and they make the weirdest face. Or really, any helper, when they get hit, 
they make a weird, hilarious oh, face. Oh, like the the polar bears you enemies you run into that when you hit they look so shocked that you hit them and they're like, oh, yeah. and I'm like, I'm sorry, polar bear, <laughs> but you're gonna kill me. Also, this made me laugh because you know it, both of us have this habit. Whenever you get hit, we'll we'll both say, "Ouch!" Yeah, or like, "Ow!" And Kirby's little avatar at the bottom he of the says, screen Ouch. when you get hit says, "Ouch!" <laughs> and it's like, "Oh no!" <laughs> You're reading my mind, game. He listens to us. <laughs> so yeah, I think we overall, I mean, I really enjoyed playing. It was hard. It was harder than I remember it being at times, genuinely. It ramped up really quickly. Like Spring Breeze and Dynablade, I thought were like super, super short. It was yeah. kind of like a little snack to get you going. And then, yeah, you get to Revenge, Revenge of Meta Knight, and it's just like, wow, this got real hard real quick. Right? And then Gourmet Race was just interesting because it was a totally different mechanic. I kept like, losing. Like, there was no copy, and yeah, that took me a couple tries to get, I'm pretty sure. I, I, again, thank you to everyone who watches this over on Twitch. We had a Twitch user pop in who was like, why aren't you running? I'm like, what do you mean running? Because they had never explained how to run to me, and he's like, you need to yeah. double tap forward and you'll run. I'm like, oh, that makes things so much easier. <laughs> so thank you, Twitch. The guy was like, you need to be running. And you're like, I am. He's just too fast for me. And I was like, no, you're not running. You need to double tap the direction. And you're like, oh, look, I'm running. I, it never told me. I also kept yelling at you to hit start because you were like, I don't know how to use this power. I was like, if you hit start, it literally tells you how to use it. And then the one time and I did it, you, you're like, there's multiple pages. I'm like, too much. Yeah, writing. you read the one page that was like, thanks, that's not helpful. And then left. I was like, there's like four pages. <laughs> why would I need to read for a video game? Because you're pro manual. That's why. I know. No one is surprised by any part of this story. <laughs> The Great Cave Offensive was interesting because, again, it changed up your gameplay where instead of there were bosses, but your main goal was to find these treasures that were hidden throughout the level, mm -hmm. which I thought was really interesting and incredibly frustrating because it was very, very Metroidvania-esque, as we said earlier. Yeah. And that's, I think, what ultimately took me the longest. That's why it took forever to get to Milky Way Wishes because I was trying to get through that because I think you needed like 30 treasures and to beat the final boss, and I could not figure out where the final boss was. Turns out there's, I had to essentially go backwards, or I thought was going backwards, because there's like three or four main hub areas that were connected with minecarts, which is funny because the picture of it is Kirby in a minecart, you know, blasting yeah. through a cave. And producer lisa was like we should play that one because it's got mine carts in it and then it's like where are the mine carts and it's like oh there's a mine cart that you just ride in between areas and kill enemies and serves literally no other yeah, purpose it auto kills enemies it's yeah it's not a challenging mine cart area that's for sure and like the first three versions of those little in-betweens you go left to right but to get to the last area you have to ride a mine cart from right to left oh so i'm Which, never gonna figure it out is what you're telling me I had to use a walkthrough because <laughs> I was getting so annoyed. Yeah, eh, well. It's and not... the worst part is all of the walkthroughs walk through each treasure to treasure, and I had missed a couple and was, like, past some of the other ones. It's like, how do I figure out where any of this takes place? Did you get to the boss in uh, the Great Cave Offensive that was a computer program? No. So one of the bosses is, like, literally like Windows 3.1 
windows popping up and it's like you're in almost a turn-based thing where it's oh, like awesome. it's so-and-so's turn and they do x damage it's like kirby attacks and then you could go beat it up a bunch it's like kirby did x number of damage that's so funny it's like this is so out of left field and i totally forgot about it and this is great ah uh, I, I yeah i definitely want to go back and finish more of this game i had a lot of fun with it i just yeah didn't i'm bad i'm bad and i get easily frustrated so you know <laughs> and the cave one is just it's challenging it's really especially hard. if you're trying to rely on a computer like it's it definitely helps to have a real second player to do things like hit switches or go fight the boss yeah. so they can just die and come back later yeah exactly and you you know kirby is spared from being hit <laughs> Which is, I'm pretty sure when I played this in the past, I would just play as the helper. Yeah. To just be like cannon fodder for whoever was actually Kirby. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how I played, you know, Sonic. I was Tails and was cannon right. fodder. So, you know. <laughs> it's a valid game strategy. I mean, yeah. They give, they give it to you like that, so take it. I'm pretty sure when they were developing, they, they definitely wanted a two-player current co-op so unlike yeah. mario where it was just taking turns or anything no, like that they, it was the game was clearly designed <clears throat> to accommodate two people playing at the exact same time and it, yeah. and it and it felt like that and that it, it was a more fun game when you had a partner playing with you and that that's really cool that it's like one of those really early actual co-op games and I, this is i think a reason why the game appealed to us as kids when we were playing with friends houses and stuff because you could actually play with someone um yeah. in the same vein as you know us playing gunstar heroes is it's more fun when you're both mm. playing at the exact same time helping and or hurting each other right but that that's kind of the fun of these games uh, just say again how how fun the different abilities were because mm -hmm. i mean that's again such a massive part of the game and kind of you could do self-imposed challenges like i'm going to use this ability the whole time or you not use like bomb i'm just going to use something like suplex or fighter which are more hand-to-hand -hand things yeah and you can it's a repeat yeah, it's a replayability thing of like, I'm going yeah. to try to beat it with a different type of boss. Now, again, some areas you need certain powers. Like there's, right. especially like I think in the treasure area, it was like, oh, you need the firepower to set off this bomb right here because you need to light yeah. it on fire. That's fine. <laughs> but in general, it really let you play the way you wanted to play, which is fun. Mm -hmm. And then learning new powers, as as much as I didn't hit start to read, I, <laughs> I I did just learn the powers by playing around and trying to figure it out, which is also kind of fun. There were definitely ones that you had to read, like the plasma one. It just seemed like if you didn't know what you were doing, you're like, I'm just shooting these tiny little like jets of of energy. It's like, okay, so what you actually do is you have to hit back and forth on the D-pad to build up a charge. Yeah. And you could shoot, like, a huge charge that way, but you would never accidentally find that, I'm pretty probably. sure sleep has some aspects that are helpful. The one time I got sleep, I'm like, nope, this is I'm dumb. I'm not sure that it does. <laughs> I saw that, and yeah, I was like, oh. oh, I remember this. Does it do anything? Oh, no, I just fell asleep. Uh, on the Kirby fandom Wikipedia, sleep is mm. one of Kirby's copy abilities, first introduced in Kirby's Adventure. In most of its appearances, it's relatively useless. <laughs> and sometimes used as an obstacle. So yeah, never there mind. Was in, there in, the great, in the Great Cave Offensive, there was one where you had to walk into a headwind, and there was just a bunch of sleeps 
So if you jumped wrong, you would fall asleep and get thrown back to the beginning oh, of that area. Oh, no, that's so awful. <laughs> that would be terrible. That that was something I don't think we necessarily saw in, in a bunch of games uh, leading up to this, is there are things like wind and currents in the water yes. that you don't see and aren't telegraphed very well. So it's like, why am I going this Why am I going that way? Why am I stuck? Help. Yeah. Help. It did a pretty good job of not actually getting you, like, stuck, stuck in ways. Yeah. Which was nice, like, in the, the one where you had to hit all of the buttons to open doors, there was always a way to bail out. Yeah, they did give you escape mechanisms, which is nice. Yeah. Um, and there was unlimited continues, which was great. Yeah. So, like, if you died, you just, you would go back to a certain area, but you didn't typically lose a, any progress, per se. No, again, this, like, is, this is still Nintendo. They wanted kids yeah. to be able to play it and enjoy it, even if they were a bit meaner back in the day. I it's, was going to say, you say that and Mario, uh, so. <laughs> but Kirby's so nice and friendly. <laughs> and pink and floofy. I mean, And throws so, up into his helper's mouth. Yeah, he does kind of kiss his helper slash throw up his, into his helper's mouth to give them health, but you know. I had forgotten fine. that whenever you get a, a health power up and then you go near the helper and they just kind of like, Obs they make a noise, they just kind of like, yeah. and then it's like, oh, uh -huh. I got health from, it's like, oh, did what? Ah, oh, that's weird. Kirby baby birded it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because all of his health power-ups are food. Yes. Like the Max Tomato, which I always kept calling a Max Mushroom. Because uh, <laughs> Mario. A big red round mushroom. I mean, it was more of a Mario instinct than anything else. Yeah, but still. fair. Overall, though, I think we really liked this game. So let's get some scores, Chris. For this segment, you predicted you would give an 8.5 out of 10. What do you actually think you're going to give it? I'm going to give it a nine. I really, really enjoyed this playthrough. And I think a lot of it was I got to be the first player, which definitely made it harder. But I got to experience a lot of this firsthand without just kind of replaying it and being the second fiddle. And really, there there was a lot of different game modes, and they were different enough once you got to them. It, it was tough to unlock some of the other stuff, but yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. Going to go... I'm going to go back and, and keep playing because I really want to finish uh, Milky Way Wishes because I literally played, like, the first two levels of it before we ran out of time. Yeah. What about you? You had a rose score of eight and a predicted score of seven and a half. What is going to be your final score after this playthrough? It's going to be an eight. Even though I didn't get through the whole game, I can see where it's going. I had a lot of fun with it. Again, I just, I really enjoyed it. And maybe, yeah, it was playing as first player and not as second kind of fiddle like we both really did as kids, being the people mm -hmm. going to houses to play it as opposed to having it ourselves. But it was a lot of fun. And it just, it's, Kirby is just such a fun and happy game that, like, it, even when I got frustrated, it was hard to stay angry at this kind of game because it's just happy and fluffy and just kind of fun. The music's fun in the background. It just gets stuck in your head constantly. So much. Yeah. Obviously, it's a successful game. They came out with a bunch of different versions of this game specifically yeah. in digital stores. I'm pretty sure I actually own it on the DS. I just haven't played it in forever. Yeah, and there's some extra game modes on the DS version, the Ultra version. I know, now um, i got to dig that up and see what those are. It came out, yeah, in the Wii Digital uh, Store, Wii U. It's on Switch as well. So it is available if anyone wants to get it. We played it on the SNES Classic, so it's available mm -hmm. there as well. 
it's a lot of fun and definitely would recommend playing it even if you've never played it before if you've played any sort of kirby game you'll enjoy it and even if you haven't it's worth a shot yeah if you like side scrollers if you like metroidvanias you definitely give it a go it's it's fairly forgiving even if it is challenging at times it, it is not gonna like punch you in the face and take your lunch money like some of the other old school video <laughs> games that we've talked about what an analogy <laughs> uh, but yes go out play it it's a lot of fun we highly recommend it and what is going to be our next game chris our next game for the podcast is going to be a seventh guest on the pc this is a game that we played growing up a little bit oh, don't say that obviously it's a game we played <laughs> growing up you dumbass this is a game that dates back to our old, like, Windows 3.1 DOS machine. Like, so long time ago, computer game. I had really thought that our dad had played this game, and then we asked him, and he has no memory of it. Which, I'm pretty sure he just forgot about it, because it's not a game that we would buy. No, so, this would never have been a game we bought on our own as children. So, it this, should This be... will be our first Mist-esque Game. click and point and click puzzle solving so i can't wait to see us playing this on twitch literally staring at the screen going what do i do what i can't oh, find anything God. this is going to end so badly for us so <laughs> look forward to it join us on our social media on twitch youtube facebook instagram twitter we're dwdw show pretty much everywhere or games we grew up with on your favorite podcasting platform Please join us. We'd love to hear from you. Like we said, we're planning the big 24-hour stream, so we'd love to hear your thoughts about that. If you have any ideas for us, maybe punishments to keep us awake, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Twitch is a great place to see the games that are going to be coming up or occasionally just random old games that we probably won't do an episode on but still have some fun with. I streamed Battle Bugs yeah. a couple weeks ago, and, and that I was... That was a lot of fun. I, I figure I might adventure when I have time, which, you know, tough to say I have time, but I might start Jack 3 because it's probably never going to be a yeah. podcast episode, but I've yeah. done the other two on the stream. I feel like I should do the third on the stream. <laughs> so it's a great way of finding out what episodes are coming up in the future. Great way to just see some other fun games. Again, we will take suggestions. We'd love to hear from you all. So join us there. Thank you again for listening. We really appreciate everyone who's listened and tuned in and then joined us on Twitch. Reviews would be great. If you leave us a review, we definitely would talk about it on the podcast. Big shout out to the followers and subscribers that have kind of jumped on in the last couple of weeks. We had someone that jumped into the chat and was like, I love your podcast and immediately subscribed and has been us has been pretty much there every time we stream talking with us and it's been really cool talking with him and talking with uh, some of our other regulars so come check it out we have fun uh, i won't say subscriber perks there are subscriber perks but there's fun stream points i think is what they're called stream on twitch points, yeah. channel points and you can redeem those for fun anecdotes you could make uh katie or i talk about tales Wait. from retail or airplanes, or producer Kyle fake facts. The producer you Kyle can... fake facts are very popular. Yeah, I think we're making a Twitter account for that. Yeah, we, is that we, a thing? I believe we are. Yes. So you can also file follow producer Kyle's fake facts. <laughs> <laughs> so big shout out to all of our followers and subscribers on Twitch. You guys definitely make it more fun. We couldn't do this without you. 
big thanks to our producers who are always helping us out. Make, keeping us in line, making us sound better than we deserve a lot of the times. <laughs> uh, so it's time to wrap up today's episode. So say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye. I can't make the inhaling noise from Kirby without just inhaling, and I might... Oh, stop. <laughs>